Welcome to Talking In Stations. I'm Matterall. Today I'm joined by Ashtarathi. Greetings, fellow Empyreans. I am Ashtarathi. I hope people appreciate this new setup, and I hope to get some water coming from the wormhole soon. Ah! <laughs> Yay! Water! <laughs> we also have with us today Hateless. How's it going, Hateless? Hey, guys. How are you doing? All right. We're all good. Um, we have a different setup. It's uh, it's evolving, so please excuse our technical issues. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, both these guys are going to take us through Marauders and uh, tell us what changed and uh, what the actual experience is like. So, uh, Ashtarathi, why don't you start, tell us what it's like, and then uh, we'll go to Hateless. Sure thing. Let me go down the patch notes, uh, including the Marauders that we got today, because the thing is, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, or the last couple of days, but as it turns out, what we ended up getting is slightly different than what was originally defined to us. So, uh, where is it? Okay. So first of all, the Guardians Gala is ended, uh, as we knew. So, although oddly enough, it, I still saw it in the agency, but if you click on it, it doesn't do anything. If there's any questions, it's over. Uh, next, we have the increase in the Bastion module. It has increased its rate of fire by, it basically doubles your rate of fire. Uh, which is a major DPS bonus, which is what we talked about last week. However, last week when this was first introduced, they said that this was going to increase the Bastion module's setting to 90 seconds. And a lot of people were really that found that problematic, especially with the relationship Michael Jump Drive. Uh, what has happened is they've actually done, not only did they revert that change, but they went the opposite direction. So they were like, hey, Marauder Pilots, we love you and made the Bastion duration now 30 seconds instead of 60. There's still that uh, combat timer afterwards that starts at the end of your Bastion, but at least it's going to start now 30 seconds earlier. Um, and you can also drop out of uh, for remote resistance or re remote repair or whatever sooner too. Uh, now, in addition to that, the hack changes that were kind of alluded to at the same time ended up coming after all, and these guys are kind of nasty. But it really boils down to the survivability of uh, of heavy assault cruisers, specifically the assault damage control and their signature radius bonus. Uh, so assault damage control is a damage control that can only be used by assault frigates and assault cruisers. And the duration of... So it has a passive mode and an active mode. In its passive mode, it works a little bit worse than a normal damage control. In its active mode, it provides amazing... Uh, resistances for a very short 10 to 15 second period of time. That being said, that duration as of today has been reduced by 25%. So now uh, all uh, assault damage controls have had their time reduced by one quarter. Uh, and passive hull resist bonus has been reduced from 30% to 25% for tech one and 40% to 30% for tech two. This is the hull resistance bonus, which is the least impactful resistance bonus for a lot of people when it comes to damage controls. Uh, but it is the, the the resistance that damage controls are mostly focused on. So uh, it makes sense here. So really what you're seeing here is that reduction in the uh, assault damage control activation time. Moving on, you see the other major change to heavy assault cruisers, which is heavy assault cruisers used to have a significant reduction in the micro warp drive signature radius penalty, and the same as assault frigates. However, that has been now removed Uh Micro warp drives are known to get you from point A to point B quickly, but are not really good for damage mitigation because the signature bloom that they give you makes it so you're easier, you're just as easy, you're roughly just as easy to hit after the fact than before, uh, even if you're going at your full speed, let alone if you're not going at your full speed. But uh, what the difference here was that hacks would have a bonus, same as assault frigates, that makes it so that that bonus, that penalty, that bloom of signature was significantly reduced which made it so that they could use micro warp drives without suffering the micro warp drive bloom. Uh, and this is part of like an overall, like varying ways of doing props with everything from like Sancho using really cool ABs to uh, all the way up to this. But here we have that uh, bonus being removed completely. There's, it's not being reduced. It's not being whatever. You just no longer get that micro warp drive signature room, uh, uh, signature radius penalty uh, reduction. So now hacks that you choose to use micro warp drives uh, will still go just as fast, but they're going to be significantly easier to hit. Um, and then on top of that, we also have the bonus, the buffs that we knew about coming from the wobbles, which are the stasis webification probes, 
which I'm very glad that CCP has now adopted that name and it bubbles is officially in the patch notes now. <laughs> uh, but the web strength has been increased from 30% to 40%, so they're nearly as good as normal webs. And the area effect range has gone from 10% to 50, or sorry, 10 kilometers to 15 kilometers, which means if you fire it off on a gate, you would actually cover all of the jump range of a normal size gate. Its warm-up duration has also been reduced from three seconds to two seconds, which give people less time to get out of the way or react to it. All right. Now, not only did the Bastion change, but Marauders across the board got their lock range increased by 30%. This seems, uh, if I remember correctly, this is in line with a previous buff that was given to other battleships and represents the increased range of the Bastion module. And also their sensor strength was increased by 9, which from my understanding has caused some minor problems making Marauders very difficult to probe at the moment, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, on top of that, the Varger has had a 5% bonus to its uh, projectile rate of fire, has been changed to a 7.5% damage bonus. Uh, this is probably to make it because the, the Bastion module is a rate of fire bonus, so now instead of stacking two rate of fire bonuses, they've standardized it, so it's damage bonus, and the rate of fire bonus is in the Bastion. Likewise, the Paladin has had its capacitor, uh, capacity changed to a reduction in large energy turret capacitor need. This is, this is the solution that they've come up with, probably, because that large energy turret capacitor need has just doubled with the double uh, doubling I of the rate of fire. I do not agree with that change, by the way. I'm kind of frustrated by it. We'll talk about it later. It's controversial, but we can dig into it. Uh, the Kronos has, had, has just had the capacitor just flat out increased by 8,000 gigajoules, and has its recharge rate reduced from 17 minutes, uh, sorry, to 17 minutes and 30 seconds. I don't know what it was before. But both of those are recharge buffs because the capacitor recharge rate is based on, basically it recharges its total amount in the amount of time. So if you reduce the time or if you increase the amount, it increases the amount that it recharges per second in order to make that recharge happen. Okay, next we have the Eris uh, loss, uh, sorry, had its uh, reduction in mass penalty increase from 15% to 20%. So now it can move super fast, even while plated, even better than it was before. And it had uh, its rate of fire increase from 5% to 7.5%, which now means that it just gained roughly, what, 2.5 times 5? Oh, I got to no. get my son 12, to do math. 13. Aren't, aren't we EU oh, players? Don't we know how to do Shoot. math? Either way, whatever. Hold on, I got Good increase, in, in, uh, some uh, straight up rate of fire damage increase. Cool. Flycatcher gains shield HP bonus. Heretic gains armor HP bonus. So everybody gets better, better tank uh, when it comes to these kinds of things. Um, well, everyone except for, uh, Saber, the Saber, which is doing fine. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, the monitor has added a drug bay and a charge bay. Uh, this is because the monitor is an FC ship. So it is very specific about what you're allowed to bring. Um, very small everything, uh, because otherwise it's just a super tanky ship that they don't want people to abuse. So now they've specifically allowed you to have a charge bay and a drug bay, so that way you can have your drug to, to consume, and you can have charges for the one slot, I think, that you get with your monitor. It's uh, for your probe launcher, because that's you, can't, what it is. you can't, you previously couldn't carry a full second set of probes. Oh, that is Gregorian. Uh, I forgot yeah. to introduce him. Sorry. Yeah. Um, also, Exit Instinct on monitors is going to be OPAF. Uh, so then, the Revelation nerf that we knew was coming... Well, yeah, it's a bit weird. So the power grid has been reduced from 780 megawatt to 700 megawatt. But to compensate for this, beam lasers, not pulse lasers, but beam lasers, XL beam lasers, have had their power need reduced by 10,000 megawatt and its uh, CPU reduced by 10 teraflops. So beam lasers are now easier to fit, um, but pulse lasers, by contrast, will now be harder to hit fit because you'll have less feeling to work with. Also, stealth bump buff to avatars for some reason. Um, and then finally, structures uh, remove target painter resistance from structures. I don't know why that was relevant, important, or it's, there. It's so that the FC in a monitor can tag the kill mail. Well, you could always have done that. It's just what the, the resistance is just reducing because, the effect of its bloom. So the no, because structure... previously you couldn't even activate the module on a structure oh. okay that makes sense weirdly worded then um but uh and then finally there also was a sorry actually finally there's a fix in the string of the, of the guardian gala 2v2 cruiser events which is over and uh 
fixed an issue that prevented players from updating their portraits. That's it for patch notes. All right. Awesome patch notes. Thanks. All right. So what's the real world experience like, Hateless? Oh, my God. Marauders are so much fun. <laughs> um, that's that's the TLDR. So they, they effectively got double DPS with the sensor strength bonus. Uh, one thing that is interesting is the Bastion module has a bonus on it that gives a Marauder plus 1000% sensor strength. I'm not sure if this was there previously or not, but uh, this 1000% to sensor strength uh, combined with a sensor booster makes it so that while you're siege with an ECCM script, your signature, your sensor strength is bigger than your signature radius. That means that it is incredibly difficult to scan down. Somebody will have to have max skills with implants to scan you down reliably. Um, I, I neither have the compunction we, to go deeply into why this is, but basically as your sensor strength goes above your... What it caps at even. So uh, the, the effect... So we tried adding a second ECCM and it didn't make what it. What are the two stats? Uh, it's your signature radius and your ECM uh, and your right. sensor strength combines to make a number and that number dictates your scan difficulty and then that is compared up against the uh, scan probe sensor strength is what happens. Right. So uh, once upon a time there were tangus that could make themselves unscannable and this was, they were called slippery peats and they were very effective but nobody would have expected a marauder to be able to do this. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go on. I just wanted to make so, sure that people understood what exactly was happening. So in order to scan down a marauder now that is in siege mode and not using his micro warp drive uh, you need really good skills, and you cannot do it at more than 0.5 AUs. So all eight of your probes have to be on top of its head, period. Uh, there's no avoiding this. Uh, basically, what that means is that if you're running in a Marauder and you see probes start to show up, you have time to drop Siege, align out, and leave before they even get the scan on you. That's what that means. It is now relatively okay to siege in a marauder as long as you're watching dscan that is a huge implication to uh being able to run anomalies or not anomalies but being able to run escalations and being able to actually use these things in space especially in high sec with suicide gankers and all that um it, it doesn't mean that they're impossible to kill or, or, or they're just more difficult and that's awesome so the the practicality of actually using a marauder they're viable as a tool now they can still be caught in gates and on stations and whatnot but they have a lot of tools at their disposal uh that makes the gate fight and the engagement there on the gate a uh, lot more in their favor because marauders were kind of a favorite thing to kill right people knew that they were missioning ships and uh weren't they often targets inside of high yeah it basically outside of like haulers and stuff, if a if a subcap is going to get ganked, it's probably going to be a marauder. Um, mostly because you know, like if you have a marauder, you're going to bling it, and that's the stuff that they're going for. They're looking for those X types, and you put those on marauders. Materials may or may not, but a marauder will have nice stuff on it. Mm. What do you Possibly. think? Possibly. A uh, cheap Marauder is actually thing. surprisingly effective. You don't need to put any shiny tank modules on them. You just need the the four damage mods to be shiny, but, and they absolutely but, uh, just, obliterate missions. But and, just to the uh, point of just to the point of them being targeted, is this uh, some of the stuff that they have changed seems to make them more viable to use? What do you think they're thinking there, uh, the developers? Um, I think that. Hold on, let's say that one more time. That went over Why, a little bit. Yeah, the changes that they just made that you described, making it harder to find these things while they're at work. Why would they have made those changes? To make them more appealing to use. And I think that that was directly their uh, their reason to do this, is to make it a more appealing ship. And a goal to have, uh, surprisingly enough, full clearing missions with these Marauders now is equivalent to running Abyss. Like, you'll make similar income. Um, it, it has brought missions as a whole in line with other content that you can do. It's, it's a significant buff to mission running and of course, null sec ratting and all that because they're actually viable to use in these scenarios. 
I want to separate out the idea of using like the actual changes and the specific sensor strength change and it's and the quirkiness of it, because there's a very good chance that they will iterate on this because that change was not that was part of the ones that were not part of the original change. That was the ones where people were like, hey, by the way, uh, what about the fact that like the lock range changed from the battleships last year and whatnot? And then uh, CCP Rise was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And threw it in there. So it's possible that that got tested less and that this, that's how this, this kind of thing slips through because it's kind of a quirk. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how CCP opts to deal with this. Um, it is possible that everybody forgot that there was a sensor booster sensor close, change. Uh, close in on your mic a little point. bit. I think you're, you're dropping up. Sorry. Uh, it could be possible that everybody forgot about this, the the bonus on the Bastion itself. And so the practical effects of this didn't get seen until now. So when it was like, oh, yeah, of course, the Marauder needs to have the same changes that the battleships did. And then it was like, oh, yeah, this is why the change didn't happen in the first place. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that specific part of it didn't get looked at, because I, I'm reasonably sure that CCP didn't make that change with the idea of making Marauders difficult to probe in mind. They may decide that that's cool if if... If this makes people start running Marauders in low sec more, you better damn well see, believe that CCP is going to be like, hell yeah, we meant to do that. But this otherwise, makes, hmm? this makes them super viable level five mission runners. Yeah. And, and so that actually may, it may end up being intentional or it may end up being kept for that reason. But uh, I believe that this was, that change was part of the whole, like the secondary pass that they did after announcing the original change. Right. Well, hey, Liz, what's that, it like? Um, double DPS is awesome. Their rate of, uh, the fact that they did it with rate of fire makes it so that if you split their guns into two groups, uh, they delete small things really fast. So mission running them is mission running in them is super easy as you can kill almost everything before it even starts to get close to you. Um, and it, it just basically like all I've really done with them is missions. So that's really all I can speak on, yeah. but they are very fast at clearing NPCs and it's, honestly a lot of fun to fly them so they're they're a better value proposition uh and they work faster and they're harder to find and uh, do you think that's uh it's interesting what astrothy really said it really interests me that they might be primed to be used in more dangerous areas like low sec yes. whereas before they wouldn't definitely so so they they also have the the three utility highs that are available to them uh, they can have teeth and can defend themselves in a lot of ways. Uh, so I could definitely see them being used in null and in low sec as a farming tool uh, and is definitely a carrot given to people that want to crab and want to rat. Uh, and they, the fact that they have more DPS allows them to defend themselves in a lot of situations a lot better than they did before. Yeah, plus a Marauder has like it's the whole package, right? So it's it's the thing yeah. that comes in and destroys things. It tractor beams things in. It uh, tears up the wreckage and uh, salvages it. I mean, it's the whole package. Yeah, you were asking about like what their methodology was for this or whatever, what they were thinking, and I just I literally was like, I believe that they think, hey, the people that really love Marauders, because there are people that really really love Marauders. Uh, what do they want? What? Why do they love Marauders? What do they want out of it? And let's just like uncompromisingly give them that. Like the Marauder is that Tech Two battleship that everyone always wanted. It was that high end PVE thing that to work towards the Tech Two for PVE that has never really existed. You know, there 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 has been a good place for Marauders before, but things like Macarials and Rattlesnakes easily keep up with them so um you know it's always seemed like like i even at one point i bought a paladin and then i used it once and then i sold it because it wasn't worth it compared to the compared to the macarial but this truly feels like they made the marauder fit the fantasy of what you want it does it it, it brings out the damage you won't be able to contest these things in event sites it can it is unquestionably the kings of of mission runners Macarials are still the queens of mission runners. Don't get me wrong. Bargus uh, uh, are up there too. Uh, but you know what I mean? But like this really does allow the Marauders to really feel like they lock in their position. Um, and I think that that's a really good thing. And I, what I really find it, I'm going to be interested to see what happens 
when these tools really start to be t played with because you know 2 billion isk 3 billion isk is not that much and being able to deploy 3 3k dps uh, you know on point from 40k is pretty awesome especially in scenarios where dreads aren't allowed one of the things that we were talking about in uh tis discord and again this is sort of crazy because the idea of it coming being used in this sort of fight is super crazy but the idea of using marauders in high sec in pvp scenarios isn't that crazy anymore like they bring so much to the table and with no super no predators in their field uh they're just they're going to be the they're the battleship that mr hyde always wanted that's all it is. Yeah. Um, let me just make this very clear about Marauders. They are very good alone. They're not good in groups. True. Nice. Well, I guess that makes them uh, more of the solo Ratters uh, kind of a ship rather than some kind of doctrine that gets uh, these things used in the wrong way like the Macarial was, right? That was supposed to be a pirate ship. Yeah. You were supposed to move around fast, assault things, and get out quick. And then all of a sudden people were like, hey, these are cheap. Let's make a hundred of them and put them in a fleet. So maybe the Marauder stays in that place. Now, why aren't they good? Yeah, people bring up ESS defenses. Oh, hold on. I, I want to stress yeah, out ahead. though, because we talked about this before and people keep bringing up ESS defense. And it was pointed out to me the one fundamental problem with bringing Marauders or any battleship into an ESS defense, which is once the defense is over, getting the ship out. Yeah. Because it's, it's a giant scram bubble. So unless you've got some plan to slow boat that battleship out of the scram radius, uh, good luck. Can they use the micro jump drive? No, because it's a scram. Oh. Yeah. So they have to AB out or slow boat out, uh, one of the two. Yeah. And it takes yeah. them a while to get out of there. Uh, Marauders are inherently not fast. They're kind of big and bulky. Whereas the Macario and Nightmare and those guys, they can actually move with an afterburner. Um, and I think... a like four or five hundred meters a second tops with a Varger, which is the fastest of the four with an afterburner. Now, why don't yeah. these work in a, in a big group, Payless? Uh, so when the, the Marauder's big strength, where, where all this power comes from, is when you activate its Bastion module. And the Bastion module disallows any remote aid of any kind. Uh, it, can, it, it cannot receive any assistance. So it can't receive sensor uh, boost. It can't receive the big one, which is remote reps. And it can't receive um, a capacitor. So it has a cap on what it can survive. If it has more friends, it doesn't mean it can survive more. It just means that it, you're bringing it to fight more things. It, there, there's a limit to what it can handle. And uh, they are incredibly susceptible to new pressure, which means if you energy neutralize them, Yes, they can run cap boosters and bring 3,200 cap boosters, but that only survives for so long. Um, and they they are very susceptible to new pressure to shut them down. And then they are also, they, they can't receive remote aid. So they're sieged up. They, they can't get remote refs from their buddy. Yes, they're doing a lot of DPS. Yes, they're doing this. But a couple nesters and a, uh, and a, a couple of battleships would easily take down a Marauder. Yeah, any scenario in which you'd rely on remote assistance, they're going to struggle in. Uh, though they are amazingly capable of their own independent, you know, repping and whatnot. But the issue is, is that the Bastion module is also providing a fair chunk of their tank. And so the idea of dropping out of Bastion in order to receive remote reps isn't really great either. Um, in a lot of ways, the, I mean, like these really are baby dreads. Because uh, in Siege, you don't get a lot of you don't get remote assistance, right? Correct. Uh, if right. you see your dread, they cannot receive reps. From right. So it's, like, that's my point is that, so, th so while I don't think that these are practical all the time, if you think about it on a sub cap level, these are now in every way dreadnoughts, but they have no apex above them, like t Titans and supers to counter them. So while yes, they couldn't spider tank or anything. Or they couldn't like get remote assistance. If you drop a hundred of these things on something, it's going to be very bad for the thing that you drop it on. Yes. Is there, uh, they... is there Canis as a Balgorn? Isn't that a natural predator? Yeah, so, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Until the, until the Balgorn evaporates from however many three <laughs> K DPS, these things apply onto them. Yeah, That's be... the point. 
I mean, it should be able to, a, a single Marauder shouldn't have a problem against a single Pecorn. Like, with the amount of DPS it does and what it can actually bring to the field. Uh, but if there's a couple Balgorns on it, it's it's not doing anything. Like, it, it'll get shut down. It's, it's not going very far. Um, yeah. They're a little too expensive to kind of justify using over something like a Tornado, Catalyst, Vexor, or Tornado. Or what is it? It's the... Um, uh, the Talos that they use uh, to suicide gank and high sex. So equivalent bombing tools that are used in suicide ganks, they're, they're not going to be used for suicide ganking. Although they do have an insane amount of DPS per pilot, they're not cost-effective compared to other uh, tools that make DPS per million of ISK spent. I could very well see an, uh, uh, a bastioned marauder a, ch- a chunk of distance off of a gate as part of a gate camp, like have a couple other people be the, sure. the tackle, yeah, in low sec or something like that, and just sit a varger at like seventy. Mm. Yeah, I could see that too. They could be very good for high sec structure bashes too. Yeah, yep. I mean, anytime that you would like a Lashak pre spooled, it's right there. Well, <laughs> it, yeah, I've heard. They're, they're, I mean. They're, Pre-spooled, yeah, but Lashaks are better and cheaper at that sort of a thing, and I've also heard there's a lot of uh, places where you would prefer a Dread over um, a Marauder. But not in high-sec structure bashes, which is what I'm going to tell you right now. These things need ammo. These These are the kings of high-sec. Yeah, so there's another downside for structure bashing and things with a lot of EHP. Uh, They chew on ammo. A lot of it. Uh, their rates of fire are frigate rates of fire, and you're paying for large ammo. I think two-second rate of fire, you end up burning ammo as fast as a Mac, which is a notoriously big problem. Uh, it's like a, for... like a Gatlin gun, right? Like it's just Yeah. Paladin. Uh, I broke like six crystals today flying the Paladin. Wow. And I probably went through... <laughs> that's why, I cooked through, that's I cooked why you use Tech 1 ammo in a structure bash. Yeah. I have yeah, never... Structure bashes, that's not great. I don't think if I've ever broken bring, through crystals. If you bring... <laughs> If you bring a a marauder and use tech one ammo, get out. <laughs> what are you doing? That's what you use for structure bashes. Then don't use a marauder. What are you doing? Yeah, it, it, they they chew through ammo, and, and and that's a big factor. It it's not terrible when you're using them for like farming or using things because their damage bonuses are insane. The amount that you get per unit of ammo is really high. It just, they consume it very quickly. So if you're using them to bash on things or you're using them to shoot something for an extended amount of time, they do have an operating cost. The the thing that I really like here is that as these these events, which we now seem to be getting events at least once every two months, and they seem to be, we, we, we're really getting a format for them to be a thing that people can do regularly. One of the questions that's emerged from this is, how can I solo these? And often... Um, you know, like to, to be the really best solo, Marauders were already starting to show up being really good. Like the in the gala, Marauders were being used very, very frequently. This really locks that in where it's like, hey, man, if you want to if you want to run around high sec and wave your dick around, the Marauder is the way to do it until somebody suicide ganks you. Yep. Um, and, and I really like that. I like the fact that there's this like the Marauder, like the whole fantasy of it is this. Uh, you know, long term badass ship. Like that's that's going out there doing everything itself. It has the salvagers, it has a big bay. It doesn't have to go back. It doesn't need to refit. It can just, you know, do long term operations if it needs to and get the work done. And it really feels like this iteration locks that home and they're gonna become like the top of the line ship when it comes to especially at the high sex sites of of events. If you take them to the danger area. I'm not a wormhole guy, but yeah, I was I'm about sure to ask. wormhole guys are going to absolutely love this. So yeah, I saw have... Cryptid Gaming is specifying that they're looking for Marauder pilots in their latest recruitment advertisement. Yeah, so what's really unique about this is, uh, and wormhole is one big factor about uh, going from wormhole to wormhole, is how much mass you're taking through the wormhole. And right. the amount of punch that you can bring for the amount of mass that a marauder has is exceptionally high making them very good for wormholes both hunting people and for uh, evicting people out of the smaller wormholes they'll be incredibly useful right it also fits into that uh, i keep going back to it but the um 
solo player kind of exploring a hostile world and uh, taking everything he needs with him. It's like if you're a, sur a survivalist in EVE and you want to explore uh, wormholes, this might be the ship to take. I actually and have a surprise just for you, Manoral. I'll be right back. Awesome. <laughs> I like your octopus. Somebody asked me, uh, what was the name of your octopus there? Uh, he was my old stream mascot. I guess now I have the cats, but I got him a couple of years ago. I found him <laughs> in a basket at Winco. Uh, and he has five arms, not eight. He's not an octopus, so he's a mm. pentapus. And his name, he, he used to have a fancy top hat. His Sir Earl Quincy Hydebass V Esquire. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, All right, I, I know how much you like the Eon magazines, right? Yeah. So... Uh, Emma was just going through one of her boxes last night and she pulled out this issue. It's probably backwards. Is it backwards? It's probably backwards. But it's Eon Magazine. But this is the issue where they first introduced the Marauders. So I was just reading through and they have like the description of each of the Marauders and their focuses and all that kind of stuff. Oh, nice. So I was just thinking about this. Uh, each of the Marauders, I mean, they are pretty good like they're all kind of similar in their bonuses but they really exemplify the their uh weapon systems right like the chronos's ability to just bring more dps than anything else the paladin's ability to project huge amounts of dps the golem ability to just do insane amount of damage with when you when you combine torps with high projection uh or sorry high uh application it gets just silly and you know so these ships are designed to be like showcases of the highest level of these militaries. So nice. where were they yesterday? Uh, there was always a better option for outputting DPS than a Marauder. Uh, as of yesterday, as of today, now for a given platform, the Marauder is the best ship for that platform. That's true. Uh, well, like, for instance, the Golem was mathematically the best ship for emerging conduits because the Golem has a target painter bonus, which means that you can get your torps to apply perfectly even to the frigates in the emerging conduit sites. So if you do that, then you can you can destroy a ship every single cycle of your weapon system uh, in an emerging conduit. And clear it was the mathematically fastest way to clear uh, emerging conduits that Fonsui worked out. And a few people played around with it. It's so fast at killing things that you actually could go with polarized to make it go faster because it would kill the rats in the site fast, fast enough that they couldn't kill it, even though it was polarized. It's oh God, insane so how much damage a golem could do. And now it's doubled. Yep. Right. I'm interested well, I, to, to see the Marauders. Uh, it's the first ship that I've in, that I see being viable for solo hunting Raznavark because we've been trying to figure out what ships would be good for it on your own or, or but it seems to be designed for small groups this is actually a ship that would be able to hunt trig in high sec which is impressive well all of the invasion rats so like trig drifter well not drifters but trig sleeper or trig rogue drones and edencom would all be really good targets for the marauders yeah we learned last friday that uh in order to beat drifters you need to escape their doomsday by dodging it not taking it Basically, so yeah. this is right yeah. All right. Yeah, even uh, a Marauder would crack. In fact, in the video, they killed a, a Golem just to prove the point. I got it. Hey, so what's your favorite one, Astarothy, then Hateless? What's your favorite Marauder? I mean, I want it to be the Kronos. Um, I'm going to try it again now that it's been buffed. But I've been pl flying around in the Paladin, and I really like it. That's what's That's behind you now. right behind me. Yeah. Uh, visually, the Kronos, uh, re, uh, in like actual like how good it actually is, I think the Varger. Varger. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot I of big Varger. For, for, I, 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 I've got a thing for auto cannons and mission running. They just the the way they apply is really good. Plus, no that, so like no capacitor uh, stuff to deal with, right? Well, it, it, it's not that. It's it's literally the way fall off works. Uh, and Fargers have the best fall off. Like Paladins have really good optimal ranges, and you can adjust that optimal range to the job. But you don't have to think when you're flying a Varger. You just hit F1 and it, everything dies. Yeah. So lasers have very long optimal, very short fall off. Uh, projectiles have very short, uh, uh, very short optimal, very long fall off. So yeah. this leads to things like the Macarial having a 4K optimal 56K fall off. 
83 kilometer fall off with the Vargaris flying today. And, yeah, exactly. And this, is be- and this is because Amarians and Minmatars are enemies, so their weapons are opposite each other, which I think is very, very different from each other, yes. Yeah. But also, so the Amar uh, Paladin and the Galente Kronos are both uh, damage locked because those weapon systems are damage locked. But the uh, the Golem, the Kaldari Golem, and the Mimitar Varger are not damage locked. So if you're you are talking about if you're really talking about the tippy top mission ships, then you're going to probably look at those two because they also offer the flexibility to go around and do fight whatever you want. Yeah. Right. Uh, although in a Mars space, the Paladin is exceptionally powerful because it has uh, right. DM thermals against like every rat that you come across. Yes, against the correct enemy, uh, the Galente or and the Amar ships are good against, against their chosen enemies. I think every single Marauder is the best against its specific enemy. Uh, there is no kinetic uh, or pure kinetic weapon system that, uh, and the uh, aside from the torpedoes and crews that the Golem has, so like everything else is not as great against Garissa's. So if you're whatever space you're running missions in or, or ratting against the uh, Marauder that falls in line with that is going to probably be the best performing in that region. This is, All yes, right. this is generally true across the board when it comes to uh, like, so Amar are really good at fighting blood Raiders. Amatar are really good at fighting angels, etc., etc. The sh- The, the pirates are vulnerable to that empire's equipment and or their own equipment. For instance, nightmares are incredibly effective in incursions, and uh, Triglavian ships end up being pretty useful in uh, invasions. All right. And the abyss. Wow. That was dense, right, with information. So uh, really neat that they made uh, adjustments all the way up until today, and then they just... uh surprised everybody with what the final result was for it but you guys seem very happy with the marauders and weren't we expecting it to be at least another week before they dropped this update Uh, yeah i was expecting it on thursday i wasn't expecting it today i was really happy to see it come today though yeah i want to say that people were expecting it so there's two things going on here because there's a second update too which is the fleet warp update Mm -hmm. those changes did not get put in right so the changes that got put onto sissy yesterday the fleet changes, all of the lorem ipsum text and other stuff like that, uh, none of that got patched in. The only stuff that got patched in was stuff that was patched in last week when they announced the Marauder changes. So I think that part of the reason why this snuck up on us is because they've also announced the next stuff. And so there's some confusion about what stuff was going to be this week and what stuff is going to be later and when things are. Uh, mm-hmm. CCP's always been, you know, struggled with messaging these kinds of things. Um, so whatever it's kind of confusing but either way we got the patch today and yet we're still waiting for another patch probably sometime this this is saying that the fleet warp patch is probably going to be sometime mid to late next month i'd say uh, two to two or three weeks is my estimate on it but i yeah that's about right yeah that, that's what you just said anyways because <laughs> three weeks is mid next month hmm. right well so, maybe so they need to to get feedback on this stuff before they launch something else so it, they can uh, kind of space out the amount of things they concentrate on when they're trying to fix things, maybe. I, I just think that what happened was um, they came, like, you know, Christmas season and all that stuff came. And then January, they didn't really communicate much. I think that they're building up towards something big, but they don't know how to communicate it. Because if you think about it, like right now, we should be working towards like a FanFest style event which would be a big news point. So right now it would be like the very first hintings of something, you know, happening. And so uh, this is usually when we are like, there's nothing really being talked about. Um, so it kind of makes sense. But what I think happened was like January, they kind of worried about getting them, like figuring out what they wanted to do. And then by the time they had a messaging for that, it was already into the second month. So then they're announcing the quadrant, but then they didn't really announce anything with that quadrant. Um, and then they announced right after that, the first patch of the quadrant. And so that was kind of confusing. And then this is the second patch of the quadrant. And so that's kind of confusing. But I think that the reason why this is, is because like they've been more focused on getting themselves back on track coming out of the, you know, the winter break, um, and less on making sure that everything is, you know, the messaging is the last part, if that makes sense. 
So um, I, I, I do want to say last year, uh, for the most part, they were like pumping stuff out, uh, patches and balance changes, the ESS and DBS, all that, the change, they're yeah. pumping things out very rapidly and, uh, they stopped. Oh, he well, said they stopped oh, and somebody off. stopped him. Yeah. He must've, yeah. uh, his cat must've pushed. The um, button. they, they stopped for a minute. I'll get the camera oh, back up. Are. Okay. Um, but they, they stopped for a minute, and I think that, that that was their winter break. And now they're just right back to pumping out content, which I think is – or right. not content, but changes and balance passes and new things to bring the game forward. And we did see that, like, two-month gap where we didn't really see a lot. They, they left us at the end of – or at the beginning of redistribution with not much coming out as far as, like, earning more risk and more income. And this is definitely a big buff in the direction of ratting and – earning more income and it's not as insane as say super ratting uh and and other things that we had previously but it is really good um and i think that we're going to continue to see stuff like this uh moving forward yeah so the first quadrant last year i was reminded um like the first month january of last year the main event was the fact that they had this off event which was the Loy- the the ravenor blitz or the dragonor blitz so they were able to release the shield slaves which had already been basically sitting on the books for anywhere between six months to 12 years depending on how you do your month or math um and uh the event which was being pushed by the uh events slash invasions team as they were iterating incredibly aggressively at that time on their ai so it made sense that that they, that they had that available in January, coming straight out of the Christmas break. But, uh, and also on top of that, they also had the announcement of Quadrants itself. So there's a whole bunch to talk about there. So it made January feel a lot more full and made the flow of the Quadrant feel a lot more logical. And then they got their acting gear for the second Quadrant, which was the um, Chapter 3 uh, trailer, which is, which by, which is, the high point of the quadrant system last year, in my opinion. Um, so hopefully that's kind of what we're going on here that they, they're still like, because as they come back, they come back and they go, okay, well, what are we going to do next? Right. So within the first month, they may not even have a full idea of what their plan is for Q2 or whatever, a hundred percent locked in yet. So it would make sense that messaging would struggle into January through February and, they're getting back into the rhythm of things. Let's, let, I'm just going to be hopeful in that one. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, let's see if we have any questions. Uh, type them up real quick uh, for you guys. There was a question that you answered in chat there. Hey, Liz, can you ask uh, that out loud? And... Uh, so the question answered is, does Bastion module allow for friendly sensor booster or range bonus? Uh, the thing about Bastion is when you activate it, remote aid is not allowed. Uh, there's a statistic in the Bastion module bring it up to read exactly what it says okay thanks and while he's doing that if you have any questions about marauders specifically go ahead and put them in there uh now i'm pretty sure that that's not allowed he's just looking for the. you cannot receive remote assistance it says so on the the yeah um i'm I'm looking for that he's just looking for the re for the actual writing to see if there's any it should be in the attributes it should say that there's a negative 100 percent effectiveness i'm I'm looking at them right now so, uh, um, I guess it has like, remote and penis bonus. That's that's it's a that's anti e war, so that doesn't it dislodge tethering, uh, and disallows docking, so you can't dock while it's allowed. ECM assistant, no, that's ECM resistance, uh, cannot be fitted to. It says it's somewhere. Uh, in, in the text, it says as a side effect of the ionic field gener- created by the Bastion mod- module. Beneficial remote repair and capacitor transfer effects are ineffective against the fitted ships. In addition, the lack of power to mobility. So this actually seems to imply. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the result is a greatly increased uh, self-sustenance and boosts the ship's overall damage resistance. Also, expanded reach of the vessels halfway through this at further ranges due to the ionic field created by the Bastion module. Most electronic warfare effects from friend or foe both will not affect the ship. While in Bastion module, all weapons, including energy nostrifugers, destabilizers, are unaffected by this field, leaving the ship capacitor as one of the only vulnerable points to defend. 
uh, as a side effect of the ionic field created by Bastion, beneficial remote repair and capacitor transfer effects are ineffective against it. Uh, it so maybe you can give a remote sensor booster to it. Um, have to test that out. But I don't see a reason to do that when its sensor strength is already obscenely high. Oh. Well, if or you want to use it in a gate camp, you might want to remote SIBO it. I mean, um, yeah, sensor strength is insane. Remote remote assistance independence or impedance bonus is 95%, which is remote assistance, and that is remote sensor booster. So 95% oh, yep. reduction in remote assistance, including sensor boosters, as well as a 95% reduction in sensor dampener. Yeah, so, so you're you not going to be able to help him much. You can't really help him much, right? In case you, you can't hurt him much either. Yeah. Nope. All right. Um, okay. Another question here. I, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say, Ash? Uh, the, I wanted to point out that somebody else pointed out that there's also a new pack, the Rain Supreme pack, that was oh, being yeah, an, uh, announced by CCP today. I don't have all the details up ahead of me, but if I remember correctly, it's got skins and skill books for recons and marauders. So. If uh, that's interesting, to, like if, if especially if this change has made you now want to get into Marauders, the Rain Supreme pack is probably a decent pack for you. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of like their their flavor of the week. I wonder if we're going to have expert systems for Marauders. Oh, boy. I if that's why. Are you really doing this right now? We're going to no. go there. <laughs> no. Uh, another question. Are they going to go down in price because they've ob obviously spiked? I had 10 Marauders on the market uh, at like 1.5 billion and I couldn't find them in my inventory because I forgot I put them on the market a long time ago. So they were just sitting there because these Marauders were selling for like 1.1 to 1.3 and boom, they're at 1.7, 1.9 now. So what's going to happen? So the material costs did not change. Uh, there's a lot of excitement and whenever there's excitement about something in EVE Online, that module or thing or group of things generally goes up in cost because there's a spike in demand. Uh, as soon as the market settles and uh, builders adjust and start actually building them because they're profitable to build, they'll come back down. The, so the thing about Marauders specifically is that uh, there aren't that many of them comparatively to a lot of other ships. Um, there's no Marauder fleets. There's no Marauder doctrines. There's no, like... People that have Marauders are people that love Marauders, and then they get their one Marauder or whatever, and then that's theirs, um, and they don't get a new one until they lose it or something. And so there isn't that many of them just floating around, and therefore a change in the market would have a significant impact because there's not enough Marauders in reserve to compensate for the new increase in demand. Uh, and so you're going to see a major spike and then it'll start to cool off eventually as market builders, because just because people can build a Marauder, it can take upwards of a week or more to to tool a T2 uh, industry pipeline into the, uh, into the correct place, depending on whether, whether or not you have the correct goo and all this other stuff. So it isn't a trivial thing to just produce a new T2 ship. So it will take yeah. some time for the, for, the, for the market to adjust. This market adjustment is probably going to be more significant than other market adjustments because of how rare Marauders are just normally. Um, but yeah, there's I, a couple I see this other, a great time a couple to sell a Marauder if you have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple other... I wish I'd adjusted yeah. before they got totally bought out. But there's a couple other things as well. One is that the scarcity that's going on with CCP isn't really going to affect, or it hasn't affected moon minerals yet. So those prices are relatively stable and plentiful. Uh, they're not going up like T1 hulls are. So that means that there will be enough uh, T2 materials to react to be able to to do, because uh, these things absorb a lot of uh, T2 materials or moon materials. These things and right. uh, jump freighters are the only things that really... Uh, really eat up a lot of that kind of thing. However, um, Snuffed Out destroyed one of the uh, tar Tataras in Ignoin, which was a place where you could actually do reactions. So reaction prices uh, have adjusted a little bit. They might go up a little bit. Gregorin, you were talking about that. Have you seen that on the market? Yeah, I I do reactions for a decent chunk of my income. Uh, I, my income mainly comes from a small-scale industry. And after the Tatar went down, my I usually set, deliver my reaction cycles on a Sunday. So I deliver mine basically a few hours after and check the price that same evening. And it was already up 
a lot higher than last week. Yeah. So, uh, but the and, point is that well, that I, might. I also decide to ask. Yeah. A, I yeah. Another thing I had thought might be a big difference would be uh, s- since this was a, a place for trading supers would be if uh, uh, if uh, that this would lead to third party intermediaries being used to trade supers in low sec again, since there aren't since snuffed out is knocking down uh, the Freeport keep stars. Uh, Rocket X, as, as yeah. in, since he's a bit of an expert on that sort of thing, if he, what he thought, and he doesn't think it would be likely for third parties to come back. Oh no, that's a whole different question, though. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that in a minute. But um, back onto the Marauder subject, the uh, price will stabilize. That's the the best prediction that we can all give you. But there will be a spike. I think it'll last a little longer than it usually does. So look for it to last over a month. Uh, before it, but it depends on on who can produce these things it's a good time to go into production of these things right now oh, for the next two or three weeks i i would think there's I, a I bet you, opportunity and it's closing as we speak yeah i bet you there is a lot of uh munin pilots that are currently researching ravens <laughs> or doing invention on ravens We'll save that for a different episode because we still we, we wanted to go into all these other changes too. Maybe we'll. Do well, that no, what tomorrow. I mean by that is that you have you have a T two producer. Munins have now significantly dropped in their demand, and so they're not building those anymore. But Kaldari ships are that's a Mimitar ship. Oop, my bad. I mean Varger. So they're switching over to Vargers. They're researching um, Tempest. Whatever joke yeah. applies, Mimitar. Whatever, cool. But my <laughs> point is, is that they're going to trans. They're going to switch over. They they got to find a new. T2 product to build. And so I figure that those are going to be the guys that are going to transfer over yeah. and start picking up on the Marauder. Jump Raiders and Marauders are what absorb T2 materials in a big way. Besides, yeah. uh, I, I don't think there will be a huge uh, drop in the demand for munins because for the main, the main use of munins is really big fleets. And there isn't really something that is going to, is coming up to be, good enough to displace a hacks even if their other things might become more common yeah well we'll we we can talk about that we were going to tackle that into as a separate issue on a different day right yeah uh yeah 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 we'll tackle those a different day we're out of time i do want to thank uh, icon 911 he's the one that asked the market question also answered the market question i think he's the one actually answered it Uh, and he also says that moon materials actually went down in price mostly because the only thing to mine in nullsec at the moment that's worth it are the moon minerals. Also, there were stockpiles that were liquidated in order to raise funds uh, in order to fight a war. So that's also what was kind of putting uh, a downward pressure on the price of moon minerals. Uh, uh, So I think that that is mostly played out, um, I think. Um, But we don't know. The markets go up and down a lot of times depending on um, emotional things. Uh, But but definitely you're going to see a strong demand for these ships. I think they're sexy as hell and people are going to want to get into them that can get into them. They're kind of a steep climb. You have to have uh, Battleship 5, which is, I think, like a 27-day train. Um, but if you can get into them, I think people want to get into them experiment, especially if they're money makers. They may want to get in on that sort of thing before it gets nerfed uh, in the future. Guys, you were awesome, right? I'd like to thank uh, Ash Jarothi, uh, Hateless, and Gregorian for hanging out with us today on Talking In Stations. And thank you guys. Uh, We will see you tomorrow on TIS.